Cuatro. Cuatro ojos. ojos. Cuatro ojos. There. Yeah. I don't know what a cuatro ojos is. Oh my God, your parents are so cool. You fucking idiot. Like, that's Frida and Diego. Like, what? <laughs> Anyways. Okay, I think you are it. so bad at fucking just... <laughs> you are Whoa. so bad at fucking just open, like, shooting the shit. Hola y bienvenidos. I'm your host, Vico. And I am Obi. And we are... Those two Mexicans. Welcome back. Today we have a new episode featuring the arts. Featuring the arts? Yeah, we're going to talk about the arts today. Specifically, we're going to talk about a painter that a lot of people may not be aware of. So I will ask you a question. Can you name four Mexican Painters. Let's stick to painters because we'll be talking about a painter. Aside from the obvious? Just name four that you know. I can only name two and you know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody can name those two. Right. And they're related to each other because they were married. Yeah. I, one time I posted a picture of them on uh, Instagram and I put... What did I put? Mi padres or... Uh, mis padres? Mis padres or something like that. <laughs> Someone replied, Oh my God, your parents are so... They look cool. And I'm like... <laughs> You fucking idiot. That Frida and Diego. Like, what? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. America went through a Frida craze. America's still going through a Frida craze. Well, they, well craze. they first went when she came to America in the 20s. Right, yeah. And then again, just recently, especially with a movie, you know, which was highly fictionalized. But it's what we got. It was good. It was good. I mean, She was, was deserving of that of that Oscar nomination, I thought. Selma. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can only name two. Yeah, I can only name two. Right. Not very many people can name any more than that. But anyway, now let me ask you a second question. Okay. Can you name any famous Mexican-American painters? That's a negative. No, I can't. Yeah, there aren't very many. I can't think of any either until we came across our subject for today. Who are we talking about today? We are talking about Carlos Almaraz. He is mostly known for depictions of L.A. landscapes. His most famous being the Echo Park painting, that huge one he has. Actually, we came across him when we were watching a documentary. Yeah, good old Netflix. Netflix pointed us in that direction. Yeah. It was actually a really good documentary, and we will be posting a link to that. We should try to get a sponsorship from Netflix. We do so much. I know. Netflix and Hulu. <laughs> we do so much Netflix-related stuff but it's good that's how we came across carlos almaraz they're doing something right so are you a painter at all no no but no i'm not i know what kikarskoro means did i pronounce that right no it's a paula cole song no we're not talking about paula cole this is not a lilith fair episode i love lilith fair no we don't we should do an episode on lilith fair no we're not let's say it again kikarskoro kikarskoro I don't even think you're saying it right. Yes, I think I am. Chiaroscuro. What is it? It's a type of painting where they use light and, and shadow mm -hmm. to accentuate the dramatic element of the painting. Mm -hmm. Can you name any painters that you painted in that style? Yeah, I know one. Well, I know, okay, I know the artwork, but I can't remember the name. Like, I'm familiar with it. It's from way back, like, in, uh, like, 
way. It's like way back, way back. Renaissance. Is it Renaissance? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah, from Renaissance. So who is it? I think it. I think their last name starts with the C. Yeah, it does actually. Caravaggio. Ah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably the most famous. Leonardo da Vinci also painted in that. Yeah. I don't know that he's really known for that. No, but I, yeah, I know specifically he was known for that because what well, my foray into the art world, because I costume design. So all of that, that's how I really kind of got into art because we kind of study when we're doing, when we're doing costume design, we kind of, that is like our first research. And then we kind of go from there. And the Caravaggio was very, well, sticks out to me because of the whole uh, light and dark aspect of his paintings. And I mean, they're beautiful paintings. They're they beautiful are. paintings. Because my renderings suck. You've seen my renderings. <laughs> you should post one up on IG. My costume for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I was going to be the I'll dragon from Sleeping Beauty. He hey. has a name, but I can't remember what his name is. Hey, it makes sense. We're talking about art. I'm going to put my art up there. Social. How do you say that? Socio. Socio. Mm, I can't even say it. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. So without any further ado, let's talk about Carlos. Uh, I did not want to spend too much time on his biography. I just wanted to give you a, just a really quick... An intro? A quick and dirty intro. Quick and dirty? Yeah, that's what they call quick and dirty. Cochino. <laughs> just so you can get a, a, an idea who he was. There's an interview that he did night, back in 1986 that has a lot about his life, too. Great. But it's really fascinating, I think. So we'll post that. We'll post the uh, link to his um, documentary. On Netflix? On Netflix. Sounds okay. good. All right. Here I'm we excited. go. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Carlos Almaraz was a Mexican-born American artist known for brightly colored murals and paintings, often focused on themes of city life, human plight, and his Chicano heritage. Almaraz captured the pulse of his subject matter with stylized form and neon hues. Art is a record, a document that you leave behind showing what you saw and felt when you were alive. That's all, he once said. Almaraz is best known for his depictions of Echo Park and his freeway car crashes where he captures the L.A. urban landscape with explosive painterly textures and brilliant color. The often dualistic aspect of life is a consistent element in the artist's work. Almaraz was born on October 5, 1941 in Mexico City, Mexico. He grew up in Chicago where his father owned a restaurant for five years and worked in Gary Steel Mills for another four years. On the advice of his father's doctor, his family moved to Los Angeles seeking warmer weather to help his father's rheumatism. While growing up in Chicago, the neighborhood he was raised in was multicultural and the experience led him to having a great appreciation of the melting pot of American culture. He was first influenced by art on one of the family trips back to Mexico City when he saw a painting of John the Baptist in the Mexico City Cathedral. To Almaraz, the painting appeared as a gorilla to his young eyes and frightened him, but it also taught him that art can be something almost alive. When they moved to Los Angeles at the age of nine, they first settled in Wilmington, a suburb of Long Beach, later moving to Chatsworth, a suburb of Los Angeles in the San Fernando Valley, in a communal housing area with other Mexican families. Carlos and his family moved around several more times, later relocating to Beverly Hills and then to East L.A. While his appreciation for the arts was born while living in Chicago, his moves all over Los Angeles led him to connect with migrant farm workers. He graduated from Garfield High School in 1959 and attended Los Angeles City College, where he studied art with David Ramirez. 
Who's David Ramirez? Uh, David Ramirez was a professor at LACC or Los Angeles City College, <gasps> but he also taught. Um, what? I went to LACC. <laughs> There's a lot of famous people that came from Los Angeles City College. Yeah, but this David Ramirez was um Morgan was, Freeman. Morgan Freeman went yes. there. But David Ramirez was um a teach uh, an art teacher. He um taught him in the ninth grade. So they would have this these classes mm-hmm. where they taught these kids art. Mm-hmm. When he first started out, he said he didn't know anything. Yeah, he didn't even know how to do the human shape. Or when he yeah when he drew the art the body, they resembled uh, a very crude El Greco. Later, when he graduated from high school, he followed him to LACC because David Ramirez was teaching there. Oh, nice. And he became his mentor. Have you ever had a mentor? I had a few. Yeah? Yeah. I've actually been wondering the importance of mentoring. It's very important, I think. Yeah? You learn what classes can't teach you. Okay. I don't really feel like I've ever really had a mentor. I have someone who I say is my mentor, but I just say it. That person doesn't know that they're my mentor. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't that's... know. I kind of wish sometimes that I would have had that experience. I, it's funny that because um, I was talking to someone about the importance of is it important, especially is it important in the arts when you do anything artistic to have a mentor? And so sometimes I feel like because I didn't have that experience, I don't feel artistic enough. Part of me sometimes uh, feels that way. I was like, oh, shit. If I would have had a mentor to navigate me through this, would my life or my career be different? Also, he graduated from Garfield High School. What famous person? Edward James almost. I don't know that he went to that high school. I know. I, think, I, I know you're confusing. talking about. You're talking about Jaime Escalante. Jaime Escalante. Well, but... he wasn't a student. He was a teacher there. Ooh. Jaime Escalante. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, but I was making a joke because of Stand and Deliver. Hello. Oh, well, keep I, never up. Saw, I never saw that movie. Oh, my God. That's I, that's a classic. I know, but I never saw it. It's a classic. But uh, we actually have two friends that were also teachers at Garfield. We do? Yeah. Who? Oh, yeah, yeah. Our two fans. <laughs> Hello, two fans. Yeah, they <laughs> are awesome teachers that have moved on from Garfield but are doing great things, too. Yeah. Hello. All right, let's continue. He was given a full scholarship to Loyola Marymount, but declined it in protest of the school's support of the Vietnam War. Instead, he attended Cal State LA, where he met fellow artist Frank Romero. He soon became discouraged by the structure of the art department at Cal State, so he began taking night classes at Otis Art Institute, where he earned his MFA degree from the Otis College of Art and Design. He also attended and studied arts at UCLA. Carlos moved to New York City several times, but would always return to Los Angeles. His first move back to L.A. was to pursue his degree at Otis. When he moved to New York that first time, he moved with his childhood friend, Dan Guerrero, the son of Laro Guerrero, a Mexican-American singer, guitarist, and farm labor activist. Who's also really good friends with Linda Ronstadt. Yes, he is. (laughs) Dan Guerrero. We actually met him, too. Yeah, we did. He was um, kind enough to come to one of our shows. We were doing a show in That's North true. Hollywood, remember? That's true. Yeah. yeah, he came. Why did he come? I don't think it was his nephew. I think it was his like cousin. Distant cousin or something. Yeah. Was one of the actors in one of the shows that we were directing. Yeah. Or producing. Yeah, producing, yeah. The second time he returned to New York City in the mid to late 1960s, he found himself right in the middle of the new wave movement. So he's kind of right up there with like that group 
Basquiat and yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, he was in that area. That area. He was up in New York when all of that was going on. Yeah. So I'm sure he met a lot of these artists. Maybe Andy Warhol, like later. Yeah. Keith exactly. Haring. Besides painting, he also wrote poetry and philosophy. His poetry and philosophical ideas have been published in about 50 different books. Wait, who had 50 books? So he wrote a lot of poetry and he wrote oh. down a lot of philosophical ideas. Right, right. God and, knows. Yeah, so they've yeah. been published into these Like little books. anthologies? They're, no, they're published notebooks. Oh, okay. So you can kind of read through his oh through his thoughts and oh, poems. Oh, great. I, yeah, that it's, I it's really interesting. I've been meaning to look that up. We should purchase one of them. That's your task for tonight. Okay. In 1972, Carlos became involved with Cesar Chavez's farm workers movement. In 1973, he formed the artistic collective Los Four with Frank Romero, whom he had met in college, and also with Roberto de la Rocha and Gilbert Lujan. Oh, so that's the connection I was uh, I, that I mentioned earlier, de la Rocha. Oh, Roberto de la Rocha. Yeah, that is Zach de la Rocha's father. For those of you who don't know who Zach de la Rocha is... Look up Rage Against the Machine. I didn't realize how much of a activist he was. So that that makes a lot of sense. No, I, I and also I think not that I didn't appreciate them or the band, but I appreciate them even more now just because I I never really realized like how much of an activist background they had. I found that really fascinating. In 1974, these four artists were the first Chicano artists to be shown at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. Over the next decade, Almaraz created murals, banners, and other artwork for Cesar Chavez and the United Farm Workers Union. His large Boycott Gallo mural on the All Nations Center in East Los Angeles was a community landmark before its destruction during the late 1980s. He also painted for Luis Valdez's theater company, and much of his murals are depictions of these actors from the Teatro Campesino. Oh yeah, no, I was going to say. What were you going to say? That it was Teatro Campesino. Yeah. <laughs> Some of Almaraz's most admired works are views of neighborhoods in his native Los Angeles, as seen in the painting Echo Park 3. Over a period of 25 years, Almaraz continually drew, wrote poems, and kept faithful accounts of his ideas in some 50 notebooks chronicling the evolution of his distinct lexicon of characters, symbols, and concepts. Almaraz was very public about exploring his bisexuality, and it is well documented in his many journals. He married Elsa Flores, a fellow Chicana artist, and had one daughter. Together, he and his wife collaborated on some art pieces. In 1987, Almaraz learned that he had contracted AIDS and died of AIDS-related complications on December 11, 1989 in Los Angeles, California. Today, his works are held in the collections of the Smithsonian American Art Museum in Washington, D.C., the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, and the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York, among others. And those are prestigious white institutions, aren't they? And I think these are per permanent collections. Oh, so they're wow. permanently this. I don't know if they're on display, but I know they have them. Right. Okay. And he's had several installations over the years. I know in 2011 they had one. Which is where I got most of the information. I think it was LACMA who did it. We I were know. still living in L.A. I know, but we didn't know. Damn. I know. I'm telling you, there's a lot of Latino, Chicano history that yeah. we walk by every day. So there you have it. The life of painter Carlos Almaraz. I never really felt, though, that I was part of the Chicano 
thing. I'm not. How do you feel? I mean, I grew up with the word Chicano being kind of a derogatory term. Oh. oh but we're from a different uh-huh. generation. Yeah. I think that definition has changed over time. Well, for me, it was more about people telling me that I was not because I wasn't born here. And so for me, yeah, I guess it's not a good thing for me. Well, not so much it's not a good thing. It's just I don't feel like I, I can relate to that. Does that make sense? Just because I, I just had experiences with people being like, you're not, you know, you're wet back. So <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a totally different episode. It is a totally different episode. Fill for a whole and hour. I will say this, that was not by white people. It was by my own people. So. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so that brings us to the conclusion of another episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I got some information. If you haven't seen his paintings, they're pretty amazing. We're going to actually link some of his work on our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So make sure you check us out. Yeah. And remember, you can always check out the documentary, Carlos Almaraz, Playing With Fire. It came out in 2019. On Netflix. On Netflix. So if you haven't subscribed to Netflix yet. Get on it because we need our stories told and seen. And what are we going to do today? We are going to actually go and watch El Baile de los 41. From our episode last week. I'm really excited. I started playing it a little bit. But, uh, you know, there's just something about seeing people of color in period clothing that is not slavery or mains or the help. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's beautiful to me. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, check it out. And so next week, what do we have coming up? We're just going to kind of play it by ear, I guess, that episode. We, we are actually going to change our format just for that week. We got a lot of things coming up, so we're not going to have time to do research on a subject. Yeah. But I'm going out do, of town this weekend. Right. But we still want to keep doing an episode, so we'll probably just talk about whatever's on our mind. Yeah, we're going to shoot the shit. We're going to try to see how that Ooh, pans that'll out. Be a, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Join us and see this train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's it. That's it. Have a good week. Tune in. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, social media, like Twitter, said, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook. Get those likes up there. Yeah. Re- a subscribe and review. Those really, really help. We need a review, whether it's good or bad. If you like what you hear, if you don't go to another podcast. Anyways, have a good week. Have a good week. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Those Two Mexicans. Don't be that person and miss any of our episodes. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts at Those Two Mexicans. And follow us on Spotify, Instagram, and Twitter at Those Two Mexicans. And you can also email us at Those Two Mexicans at gmail.com. And in case we haven't been clear, we are Those Those Two Mexicans. Mexicans. See you next week. Hasta la próxima.